What is up? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Stat Stories. I'm Chad Shanks. And I'm Justin Gabatko. This season, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are posting triple doubles like crazy. But they're not alone. The NBA as a whole has seen an explosion of them in recent years. So in order to figure out why this is happening, we're going to look back at the stats history and how it has evolved alongside the game itself in episode 18, The Triple-Double Bubble. So, as I said in the opening, Russell Westbrook is going just bananas this season. Earlier, just a couple days before we recorded this, he joined Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson, two of the biggest names you could ever join in any stat category in the NBA. But he joined them as the only players ever to post 30 triple doubles in a season. And Russ has roughly 20 games left to take a run at Big O's record of 41 triple-doubles in a single season while maintaining a triple-double average, which is something that only Robertson has accomplished. And that was way back in the 1961-62 season. Meanwhile, James Harden, not to be completely outdone, has posted 15 triple-doubles this season as as of the time we're recording. Uh, And that in itself would have been the main story in any other season that didn't happen to have another player doubling that output. But Harden has posted triple-doubles, the likes of which the NBA has hardly ever seen. He has two 50-point triple-doubles, joining Wilt as the only player with two such games in a career. But the Beard is the first ever to have done both in the same season. He even posted a 53-point, 16-rebound, 17-assist game on New Year's Eve, which is just an overall output that's insane and ranks as the the most fantasy points a player has ever accumulated in one game on DraftKings since DFS began. So if you were sitting at home at New Year's Eve for doing your DFS, you would have been wise to play Harden. But that's just a way to kind of encapsulate what and just amazing all-around performance that was. And Let so, me add, too, that if you were sitting at home on New Year's Eve worrying about your fantasy team, you may have a problem. Well, if Harden won you $1,000 or something like that in the tournament, then you, then you did well. Um, anyway, so while the average fan, like myself, were pretty content to just sit back and admire these accomplishments and allow Russ and Harden to take their due credit. That's not good enough for some people, like my partner here, Justin Kabatko, who takes everything and has to just dive deep into spreadsheets and write scripts to figure out something deeper about it, which is good for this podcast, but maybe not so good for people who try to carry on conversations with him. But in his wisdom, he has discovered that their performances, Harden and Westbrooks, are part of a larger overall trend in the NBA. Justin, is that correct? And I mean the insults and the part about them being a larger trend in the NBA. The the latter is correct, yes. The former Uh, is is not correct. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so first of all, you know, all joking aside... This stuff is fascinating to me. Um, the, the fact that we're seeing performances, the likes of which we haven't seen for 50-some seasons, is, is pretty neat. Um, so I was looking at, you know, just in recent history, how common triple-doubles are. And so if you go back, like, to the, uh, the turn of the century, so, like, the 99-2000 season, and you go up to about the next... 15 years or so, 
Like if you randomly picked a game to attend, there was about a, a two to four percent chance you would see someone put up a triple double. Okay, so not you know not very common. Yeah, you know, maybe two, three, four games out of a hundred that you would attend if you picked at random, you would see a triple double. So if you and had season, like, yeah, if you had season yeah. tickets to a team, you well that's you might not see, oh, well that's not exactly is that different. Not, it, yeah, because it depends not, on the team, right? right. But we're just like saying in general. If you're OKC season ticket holder, obviously the answer is different. But anyway, yeah, we're you, get the, you get the general point. Yeah, you're not guaranteed a triple double with your season tickets back at this time. Well, no. Um, so, but then last season, that percentage increased. So like I said, it was roughly like from two to four percent for like a period of 15 seasons, and then last year that jumped to six percent, which doesn't sound like a lot, you know, like. Three percent to six percent, but that's a doubling. So yeah. you know, now twice as likely to see to see a triple double this year, and it shot up all the way to eight point six percent. So another fairly large increase, um, which I found really interesting. Obviously, there's a big Russell Westbrook effect, but even if you take him away from the equation, so let's say you remove all of his games, you don't count his games, you're still at like almost five percent last year and almost six percent this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Because my immediate thought is just to blame it on Westbrook, right? That Westbrook is such an outlier that he's skewing those kind of maybe stats. Maybe we should but... use the word credit instead of blame, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I try to take it negative. You keep it positive. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's definitely not just him. He's the one that's um, making the bigger headlines with it, him and Harden. But even look at... Um, within the last couple of days of recording this, we've seen um, Nikola uh, Jokic, Lo- Jokic from the uh, Nuggets, who's putting up even, triple-double numbers that we haven't seen in years from uh, second-year players or even players from the the Denver Nuggets who have some well, triple-double well, even, And even heroes. just centers. Like I tweeted out today, he's only the fifth center since the NBA-ABA merger to have four or more triple-doubles in a season. So yeah. I mean, it's, so, it's, he's doing things that you usually don't see big men do. And he's just yeah. in the second year. So our main question is this, and uh, that we and a lot of other people who watch the game and are interested in these kind of things want to know is, like, why? Like, why is this happening? Why now? Why is this, this balloon, this, this bubble, all of a sudden swelling up in the NBA? Uh, but before we got to do that, we got to take a step back look at the history of the triple-double, kind of evaluate where it was so we can figure out where we are now and where this could possibly be going. And so one thing that I found very interesting that uh, Justin helped point out to me when I was I was asking um, the question a lot of people ask, like, who, where did the term triple-double come from? Like, who was the first one to come up with that? And it actually um, was a statistician who was part of the 76ers for organization for years. He Before he passed uh, in 2015, he was the longest tenured NBA employee, and his name was Harvey Pollock. Uh, his nickname was Superstat, and uh, this guy, just reading about him, to me, he seems like he's like the unofficial godfather of stat news. Like half of the things that we're obsessed with and interested in, especially in the NBA, this guy invented it right he invented so many different stats that we use nowadays and he's the person who came up with the term triple double but he didn't do it until magic johnson was exploding on the scene his rookie year and he coined it to try to try to come up with a way to describe what magic was doing and um once he did it caught on and 
Uh, Harvey didn't shy away from reminding people uh, who invented the term and how important uh, he was, as he told NBA TV in this uh, interview that he did shortly before he passed. And I said to Magic, I said, hey, Magic, you know, without me, you wouldn't even be here. He said, what do you mean? Why wouldn't I be here? I said, who do you think invented the term triple-double? So Harvey was also the person who's known for scribbling 100 on the piece of paper uh, for Wilt Chamberlain to hold yes, up after that, his that iconic game. photograph. Yes. Yeah, this guy was involved in arguably the most iconic basketball photograph ever taken, right? Because he he realized that there weren't any cameras there, that no one really uh, got to see this moment like they should, and he was part of helping preserve it for history. Like without that, that photo is what we have of that game for the most part. But anyway, so. Harvey was the one who came up with that idea, but it, it's not like Magic Johnson was the first person to ever have a triple-double. Like, they had been happening for years, like we had mentioned with Oscar Robertson and Will Chamberlain and stuff, but the the term, coining that term and making it actually a thing didn't happen until Harvey and Magic Johnson in the uh, was late 70s, early 80s, uh, you know, whenever Magic was a rookie. So... The problem with that is there, there was no, no one before that was calling it triple doubles because the, the stats that go along with it were very difficult to catalog, right? Now, let Justin is in maybe one of, one of, if not the foremost experts in this, uh, in this subject. So, Justin, if you can explain to us a little bit like what the, what the difficulty is in looking back at historical triple doubles. Okay. Well, so it's not difficult if you have access to the information <laughs> the problem is it's not easy to, to get a lot of this information i'll get to that in a second though um so yeah keep in mind that that first of all there really couldn't have been anything such thing as a triple double until 1950 51 because that's when the nba started recording rebounds before that they were just recording points and assists so you only had two categories there there was no such thing as a triple double either I mean, no one had invented the term, and it just it was not possible to attain one. Um, so yeah, then they start recording rebounds, but they didn't start recording steals and blocks until 73, 74. So the only way to get a triple-double for those 25 seasons or whatever was to do it with points, rebounds, and assists. Now, there's it's not that often that a player will get a triple-double with steals or blocks instead of assists, but it does happen occasionally. And probably would have made a big difference for guys like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell because, you know, based on accounts, based on people who've gone through and looked at old game film and counted the number of block shots for those guys, they probably would have added quite a few triple doubles to their ledger, probably would have posted a few quadruple doubles had they recorded those things back at that time. Um, but yeah, but even so, like, like you were saying, the, the term really wasn't invented until Magic came around. And so, like... I'm not sure players how how aware players would have even been of a triple double back then. You know, like like now that it has a, an official name and everything, it's it's oh I need one more assist for a triple double. Well, they didn't really have a name like that yeah. back then. So like if they had uh, you know 21 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, I don't know if they really cared that much about getting the next assist. Yeah, well, I know they so they went back and were able to figure out that Oscar Robertson is the career leader in this with 50 more than the next closest player, which is Magic. But um, I saw there's another interview on NBA.com with Oscar Robertson where they asked him 
if he knew what a triple double was at the time, like if he if he was going for it or anything like that. And so here's here's what he had to say about that. Oscar, when you had your triple double season in 1961-62, was it known as a triple double then? If it was, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what a triple double was, to be honest. Just playing, trying to win. We had a team that was not the greatest of teams, so they're calling on you to do a lot of different things. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't a thing then. He was just playing, and it just kind of happened, which, like you said, unlike today's game, it's they have triple-double alert on Twitter. You know, when Westbrook's getting close to it or another player's getting close to it, but you monitor it until the player gets it. So, yeah, it's a completely different mindset just involving uh, around uh, revolving around that achievement, which wasn't really a thing when Oscar Robertson was, was putting him up like crazy, but wasn't even aware of it because it wouldn't come into existence for 20 more years. Yeah, and, and so, you know, going back to something else you touched upon too, just about sort of maybe the difficulty of determining who had a triple-double and when. So as far as I know, the official counts for these things are, are held by the Elias Sports Bureau, and they will only give you the information in sort of dribs and drabs. You'll see like uh, ESPN Stats and Info will tweet something out and credit it to Elias, and it'll say, you know, this is the first such and such triple double since whenever, um, but there was really no publicly available source you, you could use to to get information on triple doubles. You could go back like to the mid '80s, right? Because there are several sites with with complete game logs back to the mid '80s, but before that, you really couldn't know anything. So I got this crazy idea in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to catalog every triple double in NBA history, and it was an impossible mission, of course. But I'm like, well, I shouldn't let that stop me. I should try, right? So I was able to, to find some sources that would list Wilt Chamberlain's triple-doubles by years. And I had sources of here are the players with the most career triple-doubles. And here are the players with the most triple-doubles in a season. And so I, I sort of knew how many triple-doubles I was looking for in a lot of cases. But, of course, you have to then figure out the exact game where that happened. And so not having points, rebounds, assists for all players for all games... I had to do a lot of investigative work and I used things like team media guides. I used NBA guides. I used newspaper archives and I was able to catalog, track down almost 2,500 triple doubles. And I know I don't have them all. And I know probably in some cases I'm maybe misidentifying a game as a triple double. I think I've come really close to having a complete list of triple doubles. Yeah, and that is available in StatMuse right now, this moment, correct? Should be, yep. If our yeah, tech should, guys have done their job, should it be. should be. <laughs> no, it, it, you'll, if, uh, if you're listening to this, you can head to our blog at blog.statmuse.com. We're going to have some uh, searches using these triple doubles. Uh, you can see some examples and then do them yourself on StatMuse. So whenever you're uh, going through and finding these things on StatMuse, you can know that the reason it's there is because this guy was digging through old newspapers and media guides. You know, the sexy, sexy work of finding statistics to to work into StatMuse. It's uh, a very forward-thinking digital company, but some of the backbone of it is is built by Justin Kabatko rooting around old team media guides and manually updating the data. So just little bit of a pat on the back for him but he deserves it and that's just more to explain how 
how much it really wasn't a thing. It literally was not a thing because they were not calculating the stats that go into uh, triple doubles, right? Um, in some cases. And then even once they did, they weren't putting the th- three together to say that it was special that a player did this because like Robertson said, they didn't care. They just knew that you just played to win. So um, in addition to some of the other, the greats in, of the game, you know, you have like Jason Kidd, who's one of the only ones that has 100 in his career. Uh, the big Celtics names, Bird, Kuzi, Havlicek, a bunch of them racked up triple doubles. You also had, uh, if you look at the list of triple doubles, you have some names that may not recognize. Uh, Fat Lever, I didn't really know a lot about him until we started researching triple doubles for other things and know that he racked up triple doubles like crazy, but you don't really know him and for anything else. And that dude was small, too. He was, like, he was like 6'3", 190. I mean, he was a small guy. Yeah, Michael Ray Richardson had 21 in his career. Tom Gola, I don't even know. I saw him on the list. I don't even know who he is. Oh, wait, so Michael Ray, quick quick uh, aside here. So Yeah. I don't know if this story is apocryphal or not, but it's a, it's a good story, so I'll tell it. So one time... Uh, Michael Ray was talking to some of uh, some reporters, and the, the Knicks were not faring well at the time. And, and Michael said, "Michael Ray said, the ship be sinking." <laughs> so, oh no, that's hold on. So then okay. the reporter said, "Well, how low can it go?" And Michael Ray says, "Sky's the limit." <laughs> okay, we'll have to we'll have to fact check this. Is it? If, the, if there's audio for this, I, w- I will try to track it down. But If you can find it, that would be awesome. Okay. Uh, if it is, there's going to be a weird edit right about here. I was the one who asked the question about this team. And, you know, where is this team going? And he just I remember him looking at me and saying, the ship be sinking. The ship be sinking. It became Michael's most famous quote. It wasn't good grammar, but it was true. So... Take a look. We took a look back, and now I want to know why the triple doubles have increased so much, specifically within the last two seasons, right? And so this is kind of the part where we're going to have to start doing some theorizing on our own, but backing it up with data as much as we can. Right. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to throw out a. Well, you know theory. what though? Let, let's start with a non-data-related one first, and we've already touched and, on it, so I think it's an obvious one to start with, and that's that. Okay. People are much more aware of the triple double now. So I think what will happen is when a player gets close, he or someone on the team becomes aware that he's like one rebound shy of a triple double or whatever, and they'll try to get him that that rebound so he can he can get the triple double. Um, and of course, there's there's also the famous story of uh, Ricky Davis going into a game and missing a shot on purpose so he could get the offensive rebound and give himself a triple-double. Of course, they disallowed it, but anyway. So I just think that that, that's one of the things we can't really quantify necessarily, but I think people are much more aware of the triple-double, and therefore they they chase them um, like they had not in the past. Yeah, they're definitely aware of it. They're definitely going for it. Like You saw that the other night when Dwayne Wade was close to one rebound away from a triple-double, uh, with the game coming down to the end, and uh, F- uh, Felicio or whatever knocked it away from him. And he even acknowledged it in the interview that, I mean, he knew he was going to get it. And he's like, my teammate didn't want me to be great or something like that. Did you not get the triple double? Uh, my, my teammate didn't want me to be great. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy got one, so we all good. He said it was set up for you perfectly. Yeah, it was set up for me perfectly. They shot it, it came off right on my side, but my teammate didn't want me to be great. It's all good. 
Yeah, there's a quote on uh, from NBA thing on NBA TV and triple doubles where Isaiah Thomas, um, Pistons Isaiah Thomas, not Celtics Isaiah Thomas, and um, Oscar Robertson were talking about that and how it's become part of how players are evaluated. So here's what they here's what they said about that. Our evaluation was different back when I played. Um, we, you were evaluated on wins, losses, and championships. Um, and uh, you wasn't evaluated so much by the numbers. You didn't go out looking to get triple doubles. No one thought about assists, turnovers, blocks, steals. That's, what, that's why they have today, because they're trying to make stars out of everybody. Yeah, so both of them are saying, like, unlike when they, when they played, even Isaiah Thomas, who is much later than the big O, it is. It's part of how players are looked at now. And you have a player like, you know, James Harden, who got a $200 million sneaker deal last year, two years ago, whenever it was, you know, and that's part of it. And players know that that triple doubles for them can equal big money, can equal big fame. So that's part of their career. And you even saw, I don't know if you saw this, um, Tom Haverstrow for a, a True Hoop bit on um, ESPN. I did watch that, yeah. Showed yeah, how... You sent me the link, I watched it. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is... I don't know if he still is, but at the time he made that video, he was leading the league in uncontested rebounds and showed how anytime there's a situation where, you know, there's a long shot and there's no other opponents around or there's a missed... Uh, free throws something like that where there's no one else a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the clips they showed were looked like they were free throws where adams and whoever else whatever other big guy was in the game would sort of just push their guy back blocking out and westbrook would sneak in from the top to get the rebound yeah and so a lot of people accuse say westbrook's stats or he's stuffing his stats or you know they're arranging for him to get triple doubles and maybe maybe so maybe there is some of that going into it actually so i want to refute one of his points though he made not about the rebounding but he made the point about russell getting more assists at home than on the road oh yeah about the scorekeepers helping him out which is true there's a difference of about a two assists per game he gets about two assists per game more at home than on the road but like three things there first of all you're never gonna have perfect home run splits there's always gonna be some variability although in this case maybe it's extreme right Home players will often get a boost from the hometown scorekeepers. I mean, go back and look at some Stockton's best seasons, John Stockton's best seasons. There was usually around a two, two and a half assist per game difference in his home road totals. Um, but the third one, and this is the most important one and accounts for the most of it, the Thunder averaged 3.3 more field goals made at home than on the road. So, yeah, so, it just I mean, kinda... so he, sh- he should get more assists at home than on the road based on that alone, right? So anyway, yeah, it's an interesting point to look at, but um, yeah, like I, I think it was a very interesting video that he did, but I don't, I, I definitely think that the score, the scorekeeper is, I, I would not, I would rank that very low on my uh, list for why triple doubles are increasing. I definitely think there's a lot to do with just the the general awareness of it and people, it's it's sexy. Getting the triple double is sexy. Uh, at, it gets the people talking about it, all that. But kind of I good think stuff. there are other things. So let's let's start digging into those because yeah. I think we both of us kind of came up with some some other reasons why why these are so prevalent now. All right, so let me. I'm gonna throw out some of my theories, and you can and I'll shoot them rip down. Them Go to ahead. Shreds. Yes. All right. <laughs> so one of my main theories that I that I think is going on is just the the evolution of positions in the NBA not just the point guard position, which we definitely see is evolving and that 
we see players like Harden and Russ who are kind of score first point guards where if you look back in the 80s and the 90s with a very few exceptions like Magic Johnson that that wasn't always the case that they were the guys that brought the ball down set up the offense set up their teammates and even the players who are averaging 10 assists a season or somewhere close to that your Stockton's Mark Jackson players like that I mean, they might they might be lucky to get a double double out of it, right? They 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 weren't scoring at the rate that Harden and Westbrook and Isaiah Thomas today, like some of these other the point guards are today. So it's just right. The, but the but this ev- this evolution started probably in the early '90s, I would say, when you had guys like Kevin Johnson who would score 20 a night and Tim Hardaway who would score 20 a night, and then you go into like the late '90s, early 2000s. You have Iverson, you have Gilbert Arenas, those kinds of guys. Um, yeah. So I, I think I understand your point, but I think that the end of that evolution took place like a l- fairly long time ago, 10, 15 years ago. I don't think it's yeah. all of a sudden point guards are scoring now. I mean, I think well, let, I think that happened gradually from the 80s until the early 2000s, and we're about the same place now. Yeah, well, let me go just a little step further with yeah, it, yeah, yeah. saying that, um, like in addition to that, like positions are becoming more and more irrelevant in some cases to where you know you have your guys like LeBron you have um like coming up now Giannis uh, Atetokounmpo who are guys who just defy all classification or can literally play any of the five traditional positions or roles at any given time and so that's why you see guys like like Giannis who are um racking up triple doubles this season because they're not defined into a role like they they used to be where it was the point guard come down dumping into a big man like in the 90s when it was Shaq, Akeem and David Robinson. Yeah, that is just players aren't fulfilling specific roles like they like they used to. Rather it's just you contribute in whatever way you're able to and the ball's moving more fluidly and so you're just naturally picking up um more statistics across different categories. Do you think there's any any credence to that whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, I think that sounds like a, a reasonable hypothesis. Although you have not given us any data to back it up. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't. That's what I said. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very kind of out there, out there theory. Yes, yeah, so I don't. I don't have any any stats really to back it up. So we uh, we can move if you have a theory that's more uh, rooted in data let's hear it yeah i got something that's rooted in numbers actually so looking back um so as we know the the three pointer has just exploded over the last 5 10 years right i mean it just you've got houston now jacking up 53s on a somewhat regular basis whereas before this season that rarely happened um, yeah, in, so two anyway. year, in two years, they're not even going to cross the half-court line. They're just going <laughs> to inbound it and just shoot from half-court. They're not even going to bother. So one thing that's really interesting is how power forwards and centers have evolved into three-point shooters. So if you go back to the uh, 99-2000 season and all the way up through two seasons ago, 2014-15, power forwards and centers generally would take about 10 to 15% of all three-pointers attempted in the league. Okay. Um, When you consider power forwards and centers make up, what, 40% of the positions on the court, but they're only taking 10 to 15% of the threes. That's changed the last two years. Last year, 
that number jumped to almost 19%. So from you know usually hanging around 10, 15%, it jumped all the way up to 19%. This year, that number is up to 23%. And now what does this have to do with anything? Well, the power forwards and centers, your big men, those are the guys who traditionally put up the big rebounding numbers. Well, if they're hanging out outside the three-point line firing away, that leaves rebounds for smaller guys. Yeah, because the, the opposition's yeah the opposition's big man is having to come out exactly to guard yeah to guard the big man. I think like Mark Gasol himself is responsible for most of that. Oh, well, Brook Lopez too. Yeah, Brook Lopez too. Both of them have just been uh, throwing threes up like crazy when neither really shot any before this season. Yeah, it's uh, the the Rockets and Warriors are definitely completely changed the way the NBA is played, and they're even big men are throwing up, but which. It was right, crazy. So, like the Rockets' big man is not shooting anything. Like Clint Capella doesn't shoot any threes, which they should let him. Let him go out there and throw some up. It couldn't no, be I, any I, uglier I, than Manute Bowl uh, three point shot. Let's, you've, let's see you've what happens. Seen, you've seen Clint shoot up close and personal. I, I think we both yeah. know that's not something that should happen. That's why um, I'm. That's why I'm rooting for this. I just I want to see it. <laughs> so so my whole thing there, right, is that that okay, you're pulling big men away from the basket. That leaves rebounding opportunities for smaller guys. So then I asked the follow-up question, the natural follow-up question, well, is, is that true? Is that supported by the data? So I looked, and this season, players that I classify as power forwards or centers, they account for about 53.5% of all rebounds. Okay? That's actually the lowest figure since 2002-2003, and it's the third lowest such figure since the merger. So it, it is true that a higher percentage of rebounds are going to your wing players and your point guards as opposed to big men. Huh. Well, and then I had the theory that... And well, just going back to, I mean, that's, that's also, you know, why then, why would the triple-double be affected? Because, okay, the 10 assists are hard to get for big men. Much easier to get for guards who handle the ball a lot more. So they can do the scoring, they can do the assisting, and now that big men are being brought away from the hoop, they're getting more opportunities to rebound, hence more triple-doubles. Yeah, and I was saying I had a theory about the three. I mean, the three-point line is kind of like a go-to excuse or reason for any change in the game, um, for better or for worse. A lot of times it is the case. But I was wondering, too, with three-pointers, did the three-point line increase – assist numbers overall right because i'm in my thinking is you have more players who are spotting up for jumpers behind the arc so the players that are hitting them with a pass are more likely to get assists as the three-point shooting increases and the three-point shooting accuracy increases do you think there's is there any accuracy to that whatsoever no i looked at the numbers and it's you're not players aren't getting more assists so it's, it's so that's so well, so you you're right it. the theme of the podcast you're right my your your theory right my theory wrong well think about it too like okay so yeah there of course there are all sorts of good reasons to shoot more threes but it it is a lower percentage shot than a two-pointer i mean so it, i you know you're, you're getting more points but you're also taking on more risk when shooting it so i don't know to me it didn't seem like a reason why assist numbers would go up yeah I mean, is there a reason why assist numbers would go up the way that you found that rebound numbers have gone up? Or is it just more the 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 pace of the game, the flow of the game? That No, so, you know, I went back and, and looked, and 
this season, the, the percentage of field goals made that are assisted is not really anything special historically. In fact, it's the, the sixth lowest in the three-point era. So it's not like scorekeepers are handing out more assists than they usually do. So I don't think that's a yeah. reason we can, we can use to say, hey, that's why players are getting more triple-doubles, because scorekeepers are more generous and they're handing out assists more often. Yeah. And what do you think about, I saw um, Brent, Brent Barry had mentioned this on um, NBA TV and talked about usage rate being a factor because uh, the playmakers have the ball in their hands more often. Like um, Westbrook's usage this season is the highest ever by a player. Yeah, he's season. on pace to be like the first over 40%, which is crazy. Yeah, it's going through the roof. And there are some other players from this season on that list as well. But um, Harden, surprisingly, wasn't um, wasn't super high on the list. Um, I expected him them to be one and two. But, um, yeah, so maybe, I mean, that could have something to do with it. But, like, I think we've given quite a few reasons that could be. And I want you – I know you hate when I ask you to do this, but I want you to pick – if you had to pick – one reason that you say is is the most. And I know it could be a combination of things, but if you had to say in your mind, what do you think is the the number one reason triple doubles have increased so much this season? I'm going go to go back to seasons. my big men my uh, big men theory about big men shooting threes being pulled away from the hoop, opening up rebounding opportunities for smaller players. I kind of like that one. And yeah. I like it because I, I can quantify it. Whereas for the one about like just players chasing them, I can't really quantify it anyway. So, it's, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I can't quantify that at all unless we just um, do like some in-depth surveys with players, um, which you, you know how easy that is to get. But that, yeah, I think they're going for it. I think I think they're I think they're trying for it, and that's because it's a thing now. Because it it equals money, it equals fame, it equals. Uh, dumbasses on podcasts talking about it yeah i think i think they're going for it that, that should be singular not plural <laughs> they picture a dumbass and a guy who knows a lot about basketball talking about it well so do you think is the bubble gonna burst is it is this an aberration or a sign of things to come i i think it's gonna remain this way for several seasons i do until there's just another big and don't don't ask and, don't ask me why I mean I I don't think so since I'm since I'm saying that I think my big man hypothesis has some some credence then I don't see that changing I mean I I don't see teams going back to shooting ten three pointers a game anytime soon so I think as long as that hap- is that ha- that is happening the the, the uh, triple double will be uh, pretty much as common as it is now maybe even more common. Well, what about the next step? Are we ever are we ever going to see another quadruple double? Is it is it going to become more common to see quadruple doubles, or is that one still just so no? I think so, it's so out there and difficult. Yeah, there's been what four? Am I right? I think there's been four. Akeem, there hasn't been one since Akeem or Akeem, uh, David, David Robinson, Robinson, Albert Robertson, and Nate Thurmond. I believe are the four. Um, Draymond, if he had scored six more points, would have had one this year. He had the first triple double without reaching ten points when he had. Uh, that game with, what do you have, 10, 11 steals? Um, yeah. I don't know. Quadruple double is such a fluke. It'll happen. I was trying to think of players who could do it. And, like, I looked at Hassan Whiteside, for example, because, like, he's a guy who could get it with blocks. But he has, like, 39 assists this year in 60 games or whatever. So I don't think there's any way possible Whiteside could get the assists. But, what but about somebody, Giannis? Yeah. 
he he could do it. Somebody he, he racks up steals quite a bit. I think if I had to pick, if I had to put my money on a player who's going to pull it off, that I assume like a Harden Westbrook. If we if you're getting odds on it, like you would get better odds on a different player than those two. But uh, I don't yeah, think I so. Think, I don't think so. If you're talking about a quadruple double, I would put better odds on a guy like Draymond or Giannis. not counting uh, turnovers. Because both Harden and Westbrook no, have pulled that off quite a that's, few times this no, year. That's, that's, you have to have all positive stats. That's not a positive <laughs> stat. Yeah, I think Giannis. I think I think he's. I think if I had to put my money on one that could pull it off, I mean, he's. We're going to be eventually doing a full podcast on him because he's he's so good and such a unicorn at such a young age. I mean, he could. We, we might be doing a podcast in a few years about how much just he's changed the game, but. Um, so in closing, you're going to go with your data to back up your reason. I'm just going to go with uh, what I know about human nature. And we'll see We'll see what the general, if the general I, public... I thought, you, I thought you were going to say you are going to go with your ample gut, but... Uh, well, I mean, it's very ample. It's, it is nice <laughs> and ample, and it knows all. But in closing, I think overall, like the, the effect that this triple-double bubble has had on the NBA has been incredibly positive. Even... Um, Oscar Robertson said so himself when he was asked by NBA.com if if he wanted Russell Westbrook to break his record, either single season or the averaging a triple-double in a season, and, and here's what he said. But I think he's a, he's a great basketball player. Uh, he's he's a, competing with Harden right now, but I think he's going he's gonna to probably get, get the triple-double record. And how would you feel about that? Are you rooting for oh, him? Oh, I wouldn't care. I hope he gets it. Yeah. Why should I care, man? You know? I hope he does, you know. I think that's great to talk about it. I think I think the NBA today, they need stars and hopefully someone Yep, so Big O's right. People talk about it. We talk about it. Lots of people talk about it because it's it's incredible to see, to see these great athletic performances. It's um maybe the the this triple double run is gonna do for the NBA like uh the home run chase in ninety eight did for baseball. Just get people back into it. I mean, hopefully we don't have a, a dark cloud over this area like the Major League Baseball does, but you just remember that excitement of seeing these incredible athletic performances. So, hey, um, hey, one one quick aside here. Uh, one, two minutes tops. Yeah. Who do you think who do you think was more impressive then? Oscar in his big season or Russ now? I mean, it's hard for me to answer because I don't... I mean, everything I know about Oscar Robertson is just from seeing grainy clips and hearing stories. I mean, I, I it's, it's just hard to say because I see Russell Westbrook. I see what he's doing. And to know that he's doing it in such a more, uh, you know, televised, written about, um, popularized era with a higher level of competition around him... I mean, I would tend to say what he's he's doing is, but I mean, he hasn't finished yet. If he finishes, if he has a bad finish, which I don't think he will, but if he does, that kind of clouds things. But um, not for me, no. Okay, so let me tell you why. <laughs> okay, go for it. Because so I think what what Russell is Russell Westbrook is doing this season is way more impressive than what Robertson did in his big season. Just comparing like sixty one, sixty two Robertson to present day Westbrook, and here's why. So the Royals, the 61-62 Cincinnati Royals, they averaged 105 field goal attempts per game and 37 free throw attempts per game. That's a lot of shots. Yeah. Those same numbers for the Thunder this year are 87 field goal attempts per game and 26 free throw attempts per game. So another way of saying that is the Royals' pace of play was about 20% faster than the Thunder's. 
So you're playing at a faster pace. That means more opportunities to score points, to get rebounds, to get assists, and so on. And then second thing is Robertson averaged 44 minutes per game that season, whereas Westbrook is averaging about 35 minutes per game this season. And that's like a 25% advantage in playing time for Robertson. So mm. he's playing more minutes, and he's playing those minutes at a faster pace. So to right, me, so, go ahead. So if he finishes the season with triple-double average, and the Thunder are the 6-7-8 seed, Harden finishes maybe like two rebounds a game short of it or something like that, and the Rockets are a top-three seed. Is, is the triple-double the triple double average in itself, is it a big enough feat to where you have to give Westbrook the MVP? All right, I don't want to have this big discussion right now, but I would vote Harden MVP. Right really? Now. Right now, yep. Right now, you would st- you would vote Harden. Yes. I th- I think if Westbrook finishes with it, if he finishes with a triple double, and they're at least in the playoffs, I think it would be a crime to rob him of that for doing something that hasn't so been done in sixty years. So if he averages say nine point nine assists per game, then you would give it to Harden. So I, think, I know, think about what arbitrary. you're saying. Right? You're yeah, talking about one tenth. I know it's an arbitrary thing, but it's just something that everyone, even I saw researching this, Magic Johnson giving a speech about um, Oscar Robinson saying, like, this will never be done again. Like, no one will ever pull this off. And that if if he can do it. Yeah, it's. I think I've heard Daryl Morey uh, rant and rave and making that, that same argument. Yeah, it would be stupid if they're the two seed and the Thunder the eight seed and Harden has 9.9 and Russ has 10.0. I know that's my, but my argument is not I don't I don't think it's fair to look at the team and like use the team's performance as a guide necessarily. Not I mean you can in some in some respects, but but it, it happens. I mean everyone that's right, right. The, way it, but the way it goes. I, what I'm saying is I'm not if Harden and Westbrook were on teams that had the exact same records, I would still vote for Harden at this point. Just to upset me. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it's it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens there. Either way, whichever one doesn't win it this year, they're going to be screwed. Like they should, let's do the co. They did the co rookie of the year. Was it Jason Kidd and Elton Brand that one year? Just do co MVPs. Give it to them both. Make everybody happy. Because everyone's happy in a compromise. That's the definition of the word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's close. Let's close this up. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stat Stories. I hope we answered all of your questions about triple doubles. If not, be sure and uh, let us know. You can tweet at StatMuse or you can tweet Justin at at JayKabatko or me at Chad J. Shanks. We'll let you know. Be sure to check out our blog, blog.statmuse.com, where we're going to have some of the uh, StatMuse searches that we talked about referencing to uh, triple doubles throughout history and so you can see how to run some of those uh, ask some of those questions yourself thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time on the next episode of stat stories